Yeah. It's our day to do nothing. You're doing a lot for nothing today. <laughs> I, actually, I felt like you were just on Bass Road. You I was were the same the, outfit at Buckner Park. I just ran so over. You do a lot. Thank you, yes. honey. We oh, appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank so, you. So so much. Thank yeah. You. Come on. Let's oh, that's very kind. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for today. This is the very first time that we've ever gotten to share a message together. We've been married for 11 years. And so today is a big day for us as a couple. And also you've actually, just, I know this has been a dream yeah, come true for you. There, was, there were several dreams. <laughs> there was uh, our, all of our family singing together for Easter. Yes. That happened this year. And then you that getting to speak. Yes. So, uh, aw, yes. that's so, so my, cool. My dreams are coming true. It's great. <laughs> but I also want to give uh, just some kudos. You know, we're in a season right now where we're looking for our next lead pastor. And in this season, I really feel like it's been very sweet because we've been able to hear from our uh, teaching team each and every week. And I just want to yeah. give a big... Give big props to them. They are awesome. In a, in a season where we shouldn't be seeing growth, we're seeing growth in our church because, you know, guys, God is, is moving. God is on the move here at the Point mm-hmm. Church. And I'm just grateful to be a small part of the teaching team today on Mother's Day. So <laughs> thanks so much for um, a big, big this, part of it. A big, big part. Hey, you mind if we just sit down and we're going to take things casually today, if that's okay with you? Uh, sure. You know, I thought uh, it would be perfect today to kick things off with a little bit of a game. We love games at our house, yeah. and, and Deanna's super awesome at games. You may not know this, but she has a hidden talent when it comes to gaming. Call so, of Duty. Call, Call of Duty, Call Warzone. Of Duty who knows? Who knows? Out here, yeah, you know, come on. You know. I see, okay, I see, I see the, hands. Oh, yeah, I see the hands going Video up. Video games. So uh, we're, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm going to show you some pictures of some famous bridges from around the world, okay. and then you get the first chance to see... Okay. If this is it, like you, you get to tell us where this bridge is, what it's called. Okay. And then if she doesn't get it, folks, guess what? You get, the, you get a chance, okay? But you can't give it away. You can't cheat and shout the answer to her ahead of time. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Y'all can text me, though. Can we do this? Can we do it? Okay, okay. All right, let's show the first bridge. Let's show the first bridge. Which one is that? Shh, shh, shh. That is San Francisco Bridge uh, in... In California, kind San of. Francisco, kind, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind California, of. Br- San Francisco, Los, <laughs> California, Los San Francisco. What is it called, folks? <laughs> See? See, I was close. I had the right idea. You had it in San Francisco. That's true. That's true. Okay, <laughs> I get a half a point though. Uh, uh, we'll give you a quarter of a point. Quarter <laughs> of a point. Okay. All right. Okay. This next bridge. This is. Oh, you ought to get London this. Bridge. London Bridge. I mean, I get why you would say that, but London Bridge is actually, ironically, in Arizona. This is not called the London Bridge. <laughs> it's called the the Big Ben Bridge, the big the big UK Bridge, the big no, bridge no. that's not a bridge because it's. Does anyone broken know it half. out here? Yeah! All right! Woo! I didn't know that. Tower Bridge. Oh, that's a, she's a, she's a travel agent for yeah, a living. You ought to know. That's why she knows. Deb. That. Deb, Deb gets the win. All right, all right, all right. Tower Bridge. It doesn't count. It is in London. It is in London. I get a half a point there. Okay, this next one. This next one's going to be a little harder. I know this one. Okay, so the giveaway is like you see this long bridge. It kind of goes really close to the water. Then it actually looks like it it breaks apart (laughs) and goes inside the water because it's a bridge as well. And yes, it's 17 miles long. Yes. What is it? It looks like two L's, so it's an LL Cool J bridge. No. That's what it right angle bridge. No. No. Did somebody boo from out there? Somebody did. Okay, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a right over to Noah and Caroline because they used to live in Maryland really close to this. But do you know what it is? Chesapeake Bay Bridge Chesapeake and Tunnel. Bay. Absolutely. Come that on, was, come on. 
That was my next miles guess. Up. Next guess. All right. Now, would you say that this is the longest bridge in the world? Yes. I mean, it sounds likely, sounds right? Like it. 17 miles. That's, that's pretty, a long time. Can you think long, about that? That's a long, long bridge. Mm -hmm. It's actually not. Okay. This next one we're going to show you right you, now is 102, you know is? 102 miles long. Yes, it is. Oh, wow. The longest bridge in the world. It's amazing. You know it. Go for it. It's called the Squiggly Lines Bridge. No, no. The SS Bridge. Okay. Can you at least tell us where it is? Like what country? In Michigan. What country? United States? No. <laughs> I don't know. I think we would know if there was a 102-mile-long bridge in the United States. Boo. Does somebody boo me again? Like, was that... <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's, in, it's in China. Do you know okay. now? What? What? Gen it's in China. I said not to cheat. She it's knows. Cheap. That's our daughter what, down here called? trying to get the answer. What's it called? It is the Danyang Kunshan Bridge. Bridge. <laughs> the That's right. Okay. Bridge. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you what should be a very easy one. Let's go for the next okay. one. Okay. Don't that, sit. Don't you? Say I know it. this one. It's the Martin Luther King Jr. Bridge here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah! All right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I know this bridge. All right. All right, and he, okay, so this next one is probably the, one of the most famous bridges in the world. You've seen in a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, okay. pictures. Yes. What is this? I know this bridge. This is, you know it? This is Bow Bridge in uh, Central Park in New York City. All right, yeah. Thank you. Okay, now Thank you. tell us how you know about this bridge. So this was the bridge that you and I were engaged at. Oh, oh. it's so wholesome now. It's, this is wholesome. Like <laughs> 11, 12 years ago. 12 years ago. My goodness gracious. Yep, there it is. Bow so bridge. here's another little picture of that. Oh. Yes. So you ought to know this bridge. Oh. That's us going down the Bow Bridge in New York City. Yeah, so just a little sweet. bit of fun there. But you know, the reason why we're bringing this whole thing up about bridges <laughs> yeah. is because today we're continuing our series in Antidote. And today we're talking about relationships. Now, I don't necessarily mean like a, a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship. Mm -hmm. A parent-child relationship, a co-worker relationship. It could be a spouse relationship. We're talking about relationships. And the problem that we're looking to Scripture today to solve is what do you do with broken relationships? Anyone know yeah. what that's like? Have you ever experienced that in your life? I sure yes. have. I still have one in my life that I'm dealing with. Bro a broken relationship. What is the antidote to this? And we've been hearing throughout this series great antidotes from Scripture about different problems in life from pride we learned the antidote to pride was? <laughs> no, we should know. Yeah. He gave the message. Humility. <laughs> Humility. Yes, exactly right. A couple weeks ago, I spoke about anger, and the antidote to that was compassion. Just replace anger with compassion. Also, uh, last week, Steve talked about several antidotes yes. uh, to the problem of loneliness. So yeah. today, we're talking about what is the antidote, what is the answer to broken relationships. Yeah. And you're going to find that humility is a big key once again, Noah. And I think if you look back at every single one of these, humility is like an ingredient. You know how like a vaccine or an antibiotic, it has many different ingredients in it. I think really one, an, an antidote to many of these things, one of the ingredients is humility. And that yeah. certainly is to this one today. Yeah, and really when we were looking at developing this talk uh, for this morning, we, we really noticed that, that humility kept coming up over and over and over again. Uh, you said something really cute. You're like, humility is like being dressed. You're not dressed unless you're dressed for success, yeah, right? For success. Yeah, dressed true. in humility. Um, so let's look at Colossians 3, 12 through 15 here. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, 
gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, yeah. humility is, is not easy to do. This verse, when, it's, when it talks about getting dressed in humility, being clothed in humility, raise your hand if you wake up clothed and ready to go in the morning. Like none right of you, out of bed? Of, okay, we got one person. All right, go ahead, young man, go ahead. So we have to get up in the morning and we have to make a conscious effort to get dressed, amen? In the same way, we have to make a conscious effort to be humble and yeah. to, be, uh, to have humility in moments when, when it's trying, Right? And so um, just understand that this is a hard thing. I'm still working this out. This is not a place where I've arrived. But yeah, we don't, we're not perfect it, at this. It, we, we've, it, we still go through troubles. Absolutely. absolutely. We're just speaking from a place of not only what we've experienced in our own lives, but also yeah, what thing. has God shown us in Scripture when it yeah. comes to these things. Yeah, yeah and you know, there's that saying that says pride would be a lot easier to swallow if it didn't taste so bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, so getting dressed in humility, big part of, uh, of mending broken relationships. Another part of this that I'm really, really passionate about talking about is really getting dressed in the armor of God. And I want to tell you a story really fast before I, I go into Ephesians 6. You know, before uh, Josh and I had ever been together, um, I had never visited the eye doctor, ever. And I remember when we started dating... He was kindly talking about going to the eye doctor here and there. I think I remember him going to a visit. Then when we were engaged, he still sort of talked about it here and there. I was like, I don't need to go to the eye doctor. I don't need glasses, nothing. Then when we were married, he made my first eye doctor appointment. (laughs) (laughs) And so I remember it kind of like being a heated fellowship moment where... Where I just like, I don't have vision problems, so I don't need to go to the but eye I doctor. Do, so. But he does. This is part of his routine. So, so I begrudgingly go to the eye doctor. And raise your hand if you've ever been to the eye doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. So I show up, you know, and I, uh, they do all the eye vision tests. They check to see if you have the 3D, you know, vision. Uh, they, they do the puff of air in your... Oh, that that's is so the fun, absolute right? worst. The puff of air in your eye. Oh. Um, and then they, they ask you a question. They say, would you like to be dilated today? <laughs> and I should have said no. <laughs> Because when they, uh, when they try to come at me with those drops, I somehow freak out and I start going like this. So the woman has to pry my eye open and stick the drops. It's just bad. It's bad. I'm such a wuss. But ultimately, I'm dilated. The doctor comes and he puts the mask on the face. You know what I'm talking about, eye doctor people. The, the mask on the face. And he says, which one is better? One or two? One or two? One or two? And then when he's done making those adjustments... He says, okay, this is your uh, vision without glasses, and then this is your vision with. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I need a small prescription. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Things are a lot clearer now. (laughs) Yes, in the same way that I didn't know that I needed a prescription, sometimes God is trying to give us some spiritual glasses to know what the battle is actually about. So let's look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 here. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So this is where we put on our spiritual glasses. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil 
in the heavenly places. So what this is saying is put on your spiritual goggles before you head into any kind of conflict resolution, any kind of mending broken relationships. You have to see it for what it is. A lot of it is a spiritual battle. Yeah. You know, the problem isn't with your brother. It's not with your brother. Because I do have a problem with my yes. brother. Yes, <laughs> it's not with your mother. It's not with your sister. It's not with your father. It's not with that girl at work that if she says one more thing to you, <laughs> you are going to pop her. It's not the guy on Bass Road that just cut you off. It's none of those people. It's a, it's a, spiritual, it's a spiritual battle, okay? So I just want to talk about that really quick, too, because the, I'm very, very passionate about Ephesians 6 because there are spiritual battles going on around us that we don't even pay attention to. One of the things that Paul uh, starts to reveal to us in Ephesians 6, he says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And this, this belt of truth is the word of God. So as we start to unveil a lot of these principles through, uh, through Scripture, we have to have the belt of truth girded around our waist so that we can hold on to the things that God says about us before we go into conflict resolution, amen? So we can hold on to this truth that it's a spiritual battle, so that we can hold on to the truth about who God says about you so that you can take those flaming darts the enemy yeah. sends your way, okay? So that's that. Um, I wanna make sure that I reference to this song that we did, this beautiful song, this beautiful mama song. There is a, there is a second verse there. It says, for always giving more than taken, always knowing what you need and showing you that fighting is always best done on your knees. Yeah. So it starts with prayer it as well. It does start with prayer. Yep. So today we just want to quickly go through five keys yes. to restoring a relationship. If you're like, you know, I need help in this life. If you're like me and you have a broken relationship with, with a sibling, which I do, uh, then maybe you're just looking for some practical ways. And what does God say? What is the antidote to broken relationships? We, we've already kind of given the big picture. Yeah. It is wrapped up in humility. Um, but I also want to say that there are, there are five specific steps within humility I would love for you to write down. So whether you write down in your message notes or, or just off the screen and behind me or whatever it is, please take notes. Please write these things down. I think you'll appreciate it. You know, we're talking about bridges today. Bridges are just like relationships and the fact that you have to be intentional when you build them, right? That's right. Right? Uh, bridges carry a lot of weight, weight. right? So yeah, do relationships. Bridges uh, have a lot of stress put upon them, just like relationships. They require maintenance, just like relationships. Just like relationships. And unfortunately, bridges can crumble. Right. And so the question is, what do we do when those bridges crumble? Do they have to stay that way? Absolutely not. They do not. So number one, I want to look in James 4, 6. So if you'll look there in your Bible together with us, it says this, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yes. You see, pride positions us against God. When we have pride in our lives, when we're saying, I can handle that myself, God, I can take care of this myself, I got this. When you have any type of pride in your life, you're automatically putting yourself on the other team. And I got to ask you a question. How do you mm. think that's going to turn out, you against God? <laughs> it's not going to turn out very good at all. He's God, right? So when you use humility, you're putting yourself on the same team as God. Yeah. You're putting yourself on the same side to say, God, help me, help me. And that's what she's saying. The very first thing, we got to ask for prayer. So ask, ask God for help. You know, this has been mentioned a couple times in this series. It's one of the first principles every single time. Ask God for help. He wants to help you. 
You're his child. He loves you so much. And he wants to give you what you need in these situations. He wants you to have unity with your coworker, your, your, your right. uh, friends, unity, right. your relationships, your partner, your, your spouse, your, uh, your uh, friends, all these kind of things. He wants you to have unity there. So just ask him for help, number one. And so that comes through prayer. Also, number two, we find in Romans 12, verse 10. And it says this, have a profound respect for one another. So if you're looking to restore a relationship after starting talking with God first, right? Then the next step is have respect for the one you're seeking to, to restore that relationship. When we don't treat people with respect, when I don't treat you with respect, when someone doesn't treat you, it causes what? It causes anger. It causes rage sometimes, World War III, conflict, it right? Escalates. It escalates. It, it does. It escalates. So what you're doing when you're showing respect to someone else is our second point. Write this down. You're affirming their value. You're telling them why this relationship is worth restoring. You're showing them how much they mean to you by affirming who they are, respecting who they are. You may have your differences, and that's fine, but the, uh, the second key to restoring that relationship yeah. is affirm their value. Tell them how much they matter and why this relationship matters to be restored. And say, you matter to me. This is why I'm having this conversation, because I care about you, and I want us to be restored again. So respect through affirming their value. Yeah, and it's it's that Matthew 7 principle. I think most people know this principle, whether or not they're in church or not. I'm going to say it. Do unto others as you would have them. Uh, That's the golden rule. Yeah. (laughs) And so we know this. But sometimes it's hard for me to walk that out. Sometimes it's hard for me to treat others the way that I want to be treated. So affirming their value is very, very important. It's also uh, this idea that you talked about some weeks ago about the rhythm of of anger, of conflict, Mm -hmm. being the the, uh, slow, quick, slow, being slow to speak, uh, quick to listen and slow to anger. It's a rhythm of conflict, having that in the back of your mind as well. You know, there's practical steps to that slow, quick, slow verse. Practical steps that you can walk out, such as uh, listen. As he, as he said just a minute ago, listen. Make sure you're listening. Ask questions. If you're having the conflict, maybe you're not even really sure what the heck in the problem is to begin with. Ask questions. No name calling, no blaming, right? Yeah. And having a posture of respect as well with your face. I am the worst at eye rolling. I'm the queen eye roller, okay? And so I have to be very uh, intentional about not showing attitude or, uh, or anger with my face. It's just really listening through your body posture. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, step three takes a little bit more courage, so be prepared yeah. for this. Galatians 6.5 is basically saying you got to admit fault. you got to take responsibility for each one should carry their own load. Mm. So number three, I admit my responsibility, and my sin. You see, you cannot build a bridge without what? Two sides. You can't do it. It's not possible. And you cannot build a relationship without accepting responsibility for your part of it. You can't. Relationship takes two people, right? No matter what that relationship is. So if we have a problem, it's not your problem. It's not my problem. It's it's our our problem problem together. And so that's, if you don't realize that first, it's very important. So respect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked about um, really admitting my responsibility in sin, yeah. right? 
And it takes a lot of courage to do that, admitting your no own one's fault. Perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all fall short all of, of the glory not, of God. Not some of us. <laughs> Romans 3.23, not some of us, but all of us yeah. fall short, right? So, um, so I just want to encourage you with that, that this, this principle is, is difficult to do. Admitting fault, admitting your own sin is a very, very hard thing to do. When we look at this verse out of Matthew 7, it says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I mean, I guess we're going into eyeball talk again today, but have you ever removed an eyelash from your eye or something out of your eye? Does it feel good? No. This, this hurts. It hurts. It takes... We, we have this saying in the Christian community that says, it's the flesh. It's, it takes the flesh right off of me because it hurts. It takes work. It takes work. It's not easy to do. It's going to hurt. I, I know that that's probably not a very encouraging thing for you to hear, but it's going to hurt. But man, it's worth it. When we look at James 3.18 even, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you're a gardener. Any gardener? Any of my gardener right, peeps right. in here? Okay, y'all. Okay. Is gar- gardening isn't easy. It's not just going out and laying, uh, laying seed on the ground and therefore spring up flowers. It's, it doesn't work like that, does it? Sowing is hard. Sowing is a hard thing to do. You come out sweating with mulch all over you, all the things you stink to high heaven. <laughs> but also in the same way, harvesting. Harvesting is, is not easy as well. So this idea that it's going to hurt, it's going to take work to admit your own fault and have humility in that area. Yeah. You know, we're never going to grow till we admit that essentially, deep down inside, we're all just even just a little bit selfish. Some of us are really a lot selfish. So, I mean, we have to realize that at first. And I'm going to tell you right now, right now, that humility means just saying I was wrong. Yeah. You know, it was my fault. Please forgive me. And that leads us to step number four, which is found in Colossians 3.13. And it says this, you must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Yeah. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive, forgive others. Yes. Wow, that, this one's it's getting harder, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Notice the motivation here, though. You've been forgiven. Jesus forgave you of all your sins, all your trials, every blasphemous thing you've said, everything you've lied about, every person you've mistreated. Jesus has forgiven you if you've asked right. for it, right? So we must forgive others as well. And I know the common saying is, well, I just don't know that I could forgive that person. Well, if you're a Christian, you must forgive you must. others is right. what this verse says. And I think that's right. important for us to realize. So step number four is just allow other people to be human, right? Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I think we hold each other, some people, to really high standards that we're not willing to meet ourselves. Yeah. And through that, we, we, our expectations uh, don't get met, and so we, we get upset, yes. and we just don't make allowances to realize, listen, we're not perfect. The person that's offended you as well, even though you may be the victim in this situation, they're not perfect. You know, you as the offender or the offended, you're not perfect. It's okay. People are going to make mistakes. Yeah. You have to allow other people to become human. Yeah. And so the bottom line is just don't expect everyone around you to be perfect, okay? Yeah. Yeah, and leaving space for grace is a big one for me. 
It's something that I try to live into daily. It's not always easy. I have kids, so Lord knows. There's a lot of grace that's got to be given. But leaving space for grace, um, really recognizing, one, that it's a spiritual conflict a lot of the times, yeah. and giving space for that for all have, have, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have fall short, every single one of us. I want to give you a Bible bang really fast. And, uh, and this is just Explain to, what that is a Bible quick. bang is just a, a, a little, little blip of scripture all together for you to just really nail this idea in. So we're going to look at Ephesians 4 too. It says, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults. First, first Corinthians 13, seven says, love is already ready to make allowances. Mm -hmm. Colossians 3, 13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. It's really about allowances, growing in our grace muscles. This, this whole idea of humility, it's hard to do, but man, we gotta work out those muscles. We gotta grow in showing grace, grow in our, in our responses and our grace responses and our grace muscles on that for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. I mean, look at these three verses we just, mm -hmm. we just saw. What's the one word that's repeated over and over? Oh, come on. Oh, wow. oh, there we go. That's come on. Come yes, on. I love yes. that. That's great energy right there. So it's allowances. So would you just underline that? Underline allowances. Yeah. And what does it mean to make an allowance for someone? It means not only understanding that they're different from you, but you adjust to yeah. their differences. That is, we're not talking about compromising your beliefs, or your morals, or your values, your standards. Just understanding that everyone's uniquely made. And we have to account for those differences yes. with every single person. And that leads us to step five. And this one, folks, this is the clincher. <laughs> and this will stop most of us in our tracks. It's the ultimate expression of love and humility. In fact, it's very, very, very Jesus-like. Yeah. And you can't even do this one without Jesus. Yeah. Big deal. You wouldn't even want to do it without Jesus, trust me. But if you do, God's word says that his blessings will pour out on you and your relationships. And it's found here in Philippians 2, 5 through 7. It says, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, listen to this, though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. If anyone in this mm, world, come on. past, present, or future, ever deserved to cling to the rights, his rights, it would be Jesus, right? But even he did not cling to his rights as God. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all he had, and took on the nature of Come what? On. That's right. A servant. A servant. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So you, you got to understand this, that this is the hardest step. The hardest step of these five is this. I abandon my rights. I abandon my rights. And this is so countercultural today, and especially in the United States. You don't hear this being said at all. In fact, you mostly hear, stand up for your rights, fight for your rights. You know, it, it, no one can take your rights away from you. And these are all noble things, and we should stand up for inequality. We should stand up for injustice. Absolutely. Yes. But when we're talking about rights, we're talking about our selfish rights, right? We're talking about the things that, that, that define us as looking inward instead of outward or Godward, right? Yeah. What are the things that God would want from us to be selfless? Abandon my rights. Yeah. Do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Right. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Yeah. That's what scripture says. I'm not my own. Nope. I am bought with a price. Yep. I am not my own. I am bought with a price. And that, that plays into humility right there. You know, some of us in this room might even be thinking 
I might try this Jesus thing. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you've never started a relationship with him. And that's okay. I'm really glad you're here because let me tell you, I'm, I'm here to tell you something real truthful. It's not always easy to trust the Lord and to be faithful and to be humble and to give up your rights to him. But when you do trust him, you are saying, I give up my right to be right. I give you my dreams, my hopes, my mountains, my valleys, my anger, my frustration, my unforgiveness, my broken relationships. You're surrendering all of that to him and you're deciding to trust him. Let me tell you, I've, I've lived without Jesus for some of my life and then I've lived with Jesus for, for a lot of my life. And coming into seasons where I've had broken relationships, it's much easier to handle and to work through with a relationship with Jesus. I'm Absolutely. telling y'all, I yeah. can testify to it. There is a peace that surpasses understanding. There is focus. There is a word from God. There is the, the, inner, and, the, the inner peace, but the outward um, need to restore and affirm others. It's a deep love for others. So I just want to be truthful and honest with you. It's not always easy, but man, is it worth it? Is it so profoundly worth it? Absolutely. You know, this week, would you just take a moment to think of all the rights that you make up in your mind, your heart, that are causing your relationship issues? Mm. Like, I've, I've got a right to be appreciated, and I'm not. Yeah. I have a right to be understood, but I'm not. I have a right to revenge, to get even. I have a right to be angry. I have a mm. right to be right. No, no, no. I'm going to prove it, even if it destroys a relationship. No, no, you don't have those rights. You don't. People are more important than your right to be right. That's right. And the amazing thing is, is that when you trust Jesus with this, when you really give it to him and you trust him with it, he's going to fight for you. He takes it up. He's your he defender. Takes up, he's your defender. Yeah. I want to do another Bible bang. <laughs> okay. Some more scripture to affirm what I'm saying. I want to read to you, over you. <laughs> God is telling you, y'all, in the word that he's going to fight for you. He says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be silent. I know it's hard for me to be silent sometimes, y'all. You need only to be silent. The Lord, your God, goes before you, will fight for you. Deuteronomy 1.3. Do not say, I will repay evil for evil. Wait for the Lord. And he will deliver you. That's out of Proverbs 20, 33. Yeah. But thanks be to God who gives us victory mm -hmm. through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 5. I love it. Thank you yes. so much. So, yeah, absolutely. Praise, Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank so, you, God. So here we go. Here we go. Five keys to restoring a relationship. Ask for what? Help. Help. Yeah, pray. Pray. Start with God. Second thing, what do we do to others? We... Affirm them, yes. Admit your responsibility and sin. Allow others to be human. Space for grace, right? And abandon your rights. Amen. Abandon your rights to God. Yes. Right? That's what you're thinking of in this context, in this relationship. These are the five steps of humility that will restore your relationships. Yeah. So ask yourself this question, which step are you on? Which one of these are on? How, how, how deep does your humility go? Yeah. Are you stuck on one or... Two, yeah. what is it? 
You know, I, um, I, I'm in a season right now where I don't really have a lot of broken relationships in this season, praise the Lord, but I do have children, four children. And these principles I have to work on daily. Yeah. And it's Mother's Day, so let's just be real, mamas. Mothering ain't easy. <laughs> and so I Thank have to you, work moms, on- for yes, all you praise do. Praise the Lord, mom. Woo! Praise the Lord, moms. But let me tell you, I have to work on this daily. I ask God for help daily. I'm always trying to affirm their value when we're having conflict. I'm trying not to just uh, uh, always put it on them that they're the issue. Sometimes I, I walk in cranky. Sometimes I've had a bad day. Sometimes I haven't gotten any sleep. And so I'm, it, my responsibility is uh, I got to take that up in those moments. I, I try to allow them to be sometimes human. Sometimes you're a 75-pound dog. <laughs> Your seven-year-old son and your 10-year-old daughter end up in your room in your at night. Room. You know, it's like at 2 a.m. It's totally fine. You know, I do try to allow them to be human. They're, they're small. Some of them are small. Some of them are teens. And then I also try to abandon my rights and realize that they are a gift from the Lord and that God has entrusted me to parent them. And, uh, and he's going to equip me because he's promised to do so. That's right. That's right. Hey, so what's your next step today? What is it? Have you thought about it? Have you written it down? And as you think about that, let me pray this over you. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Romans 15:5 says, "May God, who gives endurance and encouragement, allow you to live in harmony with each other by following the example of Jesus Christ, who gave up his rights. Lord, Jesus, following you, this is what we're all about as a church. And Jesus, you know, there's some here, there's some here today that's ready to start following you. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here today and that's you, uh, would you just take that step of faith and trust in Jesus? Will you say yes to him right now? He is, he is absolutely ready to hear it. Yes. Say yes to him. Say yes to Jesus forgiving me, uh, forgiving me. And, and you don't want your life to be without him today. Lord, I give all my rights to you. And here's a prayer we can all pray. And in your own mind, in your heart, you can pray this. God, show me which step I'm on today. And help me take the next one. I want healing in my relationships. And I know, I know it starts with me. I'm often prideful and I know my pride has created conflict. So today I ask you, Jesus, help me. Help me. Help me take my next step. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, Amen. I get it. I get it. Even if you're on the end of being the offender or the offended, I get it. It's hard. But sometimes to restore that relationship, to be in right standing, you have to take that first step. But let me tell you, you're not responsible for the response right. that someone else has or doesn't have. You're not responsible. If you're doing the right thing, if you're taking these steps and it's not received or the other person still shuts you out, you did what God asked you to do. You did it. Just keep praying. Pray for breakthrough. Pray that God will work in those hearts. I promise you, it's worth it. It's worth it to put your faith and trust through God and, and humility and live that out in his life, in your life Amen. today. We appreciate you so much. Hey, I want to thank my wife, Deanna, for sharing with us Praise today. Lord. Yay, that was so fun. I think that was cool. A cool little so Mother's fun. Day treat. Yeah. And if you're a lady out here and you did not get a flower, it's for all of our yes. ladies in the room today. Whether you're a mom or you haven't had a mom, which I think we all fall in that category of, right? So on your way out, 
you can receive a, a flower or a carnation from one of our ushers if you'd like. If you did not get one on your, uh, just a few minutes ago. Yes. Uh, but we want to thank you for being here. I hope you have incredible time today just to reflect and appreciate uh, what God has given us in the form yeah. of our relationships. Yeah. And I'm just so proud of you, honey. You. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you so much. Praise the Lord. I want to thank this band, oh, this yes. team, Jess and Jay, for leading our worship yes. team today. Yes. So Praise thankful you. for you guys. God bless you. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing out one Amen. more time. Amen. Here we go. Amen.